Well, welcome to Near Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway, and again, my voice is still out, but I do want to share an experience, um, and it will be a recording from the Ions NDE Radio Podcast with Lee Whitting. I highly recommend this podcast. Um, go and check it out. This is an interview that Lee Whitting does with Carol Vengroff. When I first heard this in my early studies of near-death experiences, I was blown away. This was just a, just an absolutely astounding um, thing for me. It, it, it fits so much of other things that I've heard, but there's so many little beautiful tidbits that I gained from it that, uh, that I just, I knew I was going to have to share this one on the podcast soon. And since my voice is out, this is a great opportunity for us to let Carol and Lee Whitting, uh, Carol Vengroff and Lee Whitting, um, do the podcast for us. So without further ado, here is Carol with her near-death experience. Carol, if you would, please uh, tell our audience about your near-death experience. Well, mine's unusual because it happened over 50 years ago. And I started remembering it again about five years ago in earnest. And what happened was my father was in the Air Force and we lived, we were stationed in France outside of Paris. And because my family was so large, we were given a house to live in that was a chateau. It was really old with um, two foot thick walls. My family had gone away for Christmas and when we returned to the house, the, uh, there had been a horrible storm. It was the worst storm in recorded history in Europe at that time. The temperature was below zero, way below zero, and the house had no electric, had no heat, and hadn't had heat for quite a while. And the pipes had frozen, so there was ice on the floors. And we got in from driving for about 24 hours. My father drove straight through. We got in the middle of the night into the house, and it was so cold. And we didn't have a choice. We had nowhere else to go. My father just just go to sleep, went to sleep with all our clothes on. Somewhere between the time we arrived and around 4 in the morning, I, I died. I froze to death. Hmm. The reason why I know that this, I feel that this happened was my little sister, who was sleeping next to me, realized something was very wrong with me. She could not wake me up. She said I wasn't breathing, and she was getting hysterical. Why wasn't I breathing? It was, it was so cold you could see your breath. She did not see any breath coming out of me, and she could not get me to wake up. I finally did come to, but when I came to, I was hysterical because I had just experienced the most amazing thing that I could have ever imagined. And what happened was when I left, it was... A, now I know it. It's, um, other people have very similar experiences. I left my body. I actually saw myself leave my body. Mm-hmm. And I traveled. And I expanded through time and space. And I got to a place where my grandfather was there. And he greeted me. And he wasn't necess- He was sort of in a life form, but he was also was the essence of my grandfather. And it was wonderful to be with him again. And as he was greeting me, we caught up on everything that had happened. And the ironic, the really bizarre thing is, he died before I was born, but yet I recognized him, and we had missed each other. And it was such a joyful reunion again. 
and then it just kept the experience just kept escalating and expanding. I met other entities that people, spirits that I had uh, reunions with, and it was like I don't know if you ever had a surprise party where everybody was there. You were the focus. You were the main reason. They and everybody just poured out their love and surprise, welcome home or welcome. <laughs> That's what it was like. It was all welcoming me. It was my moment to be welcomed. And that feeling of just knowing that everybody there loved me and cherished me and was so happy to see me again was beyond beyond anything I have ever experienced or have since have experienced. It was phenomenal. And then I had the... the um, Typical, now I find it's typical because I'm reading so many other people's accounts, experience where there's a life review where you get to review your life, which was really, for me at that time, I was only 12, so it was a lot of fun. And I remembered all the details of my life and how they, I saw how they affected everybody. Then I came into a room, even though there were no rooms as we have rooms here. It's hard to describe the experience, but there were these keepers of the knowledge, I call them, or light beings, or there's a lot of different words that people use to describe them, but I think it's the same, the same group. They had all the knowledge, all the knowledge. I think there's uh, Akashic Records might be a word for it, and they mm-hmm. were able to share it with me. Now, though I was 12 when I died, you aren't any age, you aren't any particular age when you pass. You actually were all, I don't know how it works. <laughs> I do know that I was, <laughs> my mind, my 12-year-old mind was able to absorb all this information. And it was wise enough to know that as a human being, we're incapable of even digesting or understanding even the most minute parts of what they had taught me, what they told me, what they shared with me. And I actually started laughing. I did because I said, this is amazing. This, no wonder why humans can't talk about this place or can't talk about this experience. So there was, there was that experience. That, and I got the answers to every question imaginable. And I knew that I could never take all of them back in a human form because you can't we just don't have the vocabulary, the words, or the experiences for what is going on. But I did register, and I was able to make a mental note, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. So I know that for a fact. Anything is possible because I got to experience that on the other side. And I had a most amazing communion with Christ. Now, you read, well, you're Christian origin, so that's why that's who you would meet up with. The Christ I met on the other side was nothing. He was nothing, or is nothing, like the Christ I was taught about as a Presbyterian and a Baptist and a Catholic, which I was raised in all the faiths, and he was just the man, yet the spirit, the essence of the Christ that there's the basic Christ that we all know, and that's who I saw. But it wasn't like what we were taught down here totally. And after I met Christ, I did understand there were other masters, masters or other entities that are wise and like Christ-like, like Buddha, 
Krishna, I understood that we, Christ isn't the, necessarily the only great person to have come to earth. There were others also. And I got to experience them too. But my focus was Christ. That was my most that was the highlight of my experience. And then finally, I expanded, I went into turbo thrust, so to speak, and I expanded to God realization. And he is not sitting on a cloud with a beard and, <laughs> and on a fluffy cloud. He connects us all, and he contains everything that there ever is and ever will be. And he is if you go inside, if you go look through a microscope, there's a whole universe that's micro, and it just goes and it can expand to infinity. I don't know how it does it, but it does. And then if you go out with a telescope, there's a whole universe that expands to infinity. And that is just the beginning of how you could experience or explain God, God realization, only it's love. And it's through light and love that I, I understood this. We are all connected through it. Nothing, nothing gets around it because it's all part of it. It's all part of the experience. And then just when I was really getting into it, I was told, guess what? You have to go back. I go, go back to what? And they go, you have to go back. Before I could even protest, I understood I would be back eventually, but that I had to go back to my body because I wasn't complete. I hadn't finished whatever it was that I was here for. And they sent me back and I somehow managed to fit this expanded light being of love and joy into this little tiny body laying somewhere on a planet, somewhere <laughs> in the solar system <laughs> below. And the, the most amazing thing was, as I got closer to Earth, there's this thing called gravity, which doesn't exist there, and time and form, and that all started to take hold of me as I got closer, and then I finally got almost sucked into my body. The moment that I hit the impact was the most painful experience I've ever had, ever. It was so heavy. Gravity was so heavy. I really didn't think I could ever breathe again. I didn't. I, it was like having um, an elephant sitting on your chest. Gravity is, we don't realize how heavy gravity is. It's really heavy. And it weighed me down. And then I finally started taking a breath. And then I started coming to, and I was able to wiggle my fingers and my feet and toes. And, and then I heard my sister calling to me. And she goes, where were you? And that really was interesting. She knew I wasn't here. And that started a whole conversation. <laughs> so that's my story. <laughs> Were you able to tell her about it right away? I did. I woke up the whole house. I woke up my parents because I was so I was excited that I met my grandfather, and I wanted to tell my mother about meeting her father, and he just loves her so much. And I, I think there was a message for her. Mm -hmm. He had a message for her that I was supposed to give. And uh, yeah, and of course they said, you know, it's it's uh, three o'clock in the morning, Carol. We we've been driving all night. This is nice, dear. Go back to sleep and talk about it in the morning. So did they Did they finally come to understand that this had really happened to you? Uh, my parents, no, never. No, my mother, my mother, it was cute. She, I mean, I, I insisted. I was so insistent. I was so, so enveloped by the experience. I just hmm. was, 
I didn't want to do anything. I just, I wanted to be a nun. I mean, <laughs> I woke up, I thought I wanted to be a nun. And uh, they go, no, 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 no. So they made me, they had me talk to our chaplain because I was so mm-hmm. insistent that this was not a dream. They, they thought it was a dream. And he was so offended by what I had to say. Oh, dear. That he said, he said to me, did you, did you ever hear from a mental institution? I said, no. He said, well, that's where they put crazy people. He said, if you don't stop this right now, I'm going to have your parents put you in a mental institution. This is a 12-year-old. Oh, that's so terrible. Well, that's what I had. So I stopped. <laughs> I, stopped. <laughs> I stopped talking about it, but I was euphoric for, for I don't know, months afterwards. I was on a high, and um, it was frustrating. I did write a letter to myself, and I wrote everything I could think of down from the experience, and I said, you know what? They'll believe me when I'm an adult. So I wrote a letter and I sealed it in a in tin foil because that's all we had and stuck it in the outside wall of the house. The house had a big wall around it. And I said, as an adult, I'll come back. I'll find my letter and the world will believe me then. No one had ever talked about these things. I thought I was the only one. And I thought mm. maybe I was crazy. They had me believing I might be. <laughs> Did you go back and find the letter? Yes, I did. After I wrote my first draft of my book and read it to a few friends, and they said, you know what you have to do. And I go, what? And they said, you have to go back and find your letter. So a couple <laughs> years ago, yes, um, right before And I it was still there. Well, part, the, the foil was. <laughs> the letter was long gone. Oh. But, it was, but, you know, the, the owner of the house, interestingly, okay, this whole, this whole experience is about me finding my voice. I want you to be really clear. I felt I didn't have a voice because I couldn't talk about this. Okay, do you get that? Mm -hmm. The owner of the house was dying of throat cancer and could not talk. How ironic is that? And he welcomed me to his home. He sign-languaged to somebody, and then he also wrote everything down, and he was so thrilled about my journey, he took me through the whole house, and I even went in the attic, and I had never been in the attic of this chateau, and when I was in there, all of a sudden it all clicked, I remembered going through the attic, <laughs> going through the beams, and it was all, it all came back to me, and, and uh, yeah, it was, so that was, I thought was an interesting little side note. I, um, Several years ago, I stayed in a in a priory in France from the 14th century. I think it was uh, probably the same kind of construction because it was even in the springtime it was freezing cold. It's cold. Yeah. Yeah. The, that stone hold, holds the cold against all fires in the fireplace and everything. It uh, is, yeah cold. <laughs> tell me, um, in coming back with the with the knowledge that you did, did did they offer you any explanation for why there's evil in the world? Why there's evil? Yeah, of course. There, there is evil is, is us. It's a, it's evil is of the mind. First of all, in heaven, there's no fear and evil, evil is um, constructed to bring fear into the uh, matrix and to the evil is, the contrast. The evil is the contrast so that we can know what it's like <laughs> to not have evil, <laughs> to really experience joy and love. We sign on 
as you may, I don't know if you remember or not, you know, from your experience, but we sign on for uh, life lessons. We sign on for experiences that you cannot have in a spiritual state of pure love and bliss. We want to experience and expand and understand. The evil is the way, is one of the, one of the ways to do it. Sort of like when you have, when you break your arm or your leg or you have a lot of pain, you're in a lot of agony, and when the agony goes away, boy, does it feel good. And you don't realize how good you have it, how, you know, your health is until something goes awry. And mm-hmm. evil is the contrast. I think it's the polar opposite of, of love. It also, evil is, for me, it's a reminder when I'm, I don't want to go there. And you have, we have choice. We have choice. We have choice to either let evil get a grip of us or not to let it take control of us. And when you so, let it, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so do you think it's simply a device in our dualistic world to uh, enable us to understand love better? Or is this a force that actually opposes love that has some uh, dynamics of its own? Absolutely. All of the above. What I learned on the other side, there's a lot more going on than we we will ever know or ever realize. So yes, to all of those. I mean, there is evil. I mean, and it can take form, and it's it's ugly and it's horrible. And it what it does is it takes us away from the light. And the more evil it is, the more it it darkens our light. Or it doesn't. I don't believe it ever snuffs out our light completely. But boy, it can sure dampen it and put a cloud over and does everything in its power to take the light from us. And again, there's there's so much we there's so many different dimensions, layers, vibrations, frequencies going on. And yes, evil evil is one of them. So I don't know if that answers your question. There's no simple answer for it and we could probably talk for days about this. But Yes, well well there's uh, so many of the uh NDEers who are uh, I describe as New Age um, points of view would say that evil is just a, a myth. It's it's something that we we take turns being uh, hard on one another in you know recurring lives uh, simply to it's it's almost like a game like a video game and uh, has no real meaning or consequence and it seems to me that. Um, because such horrible things are done in this world to people. There's such such a high degree of suffering that uh, there must be something more to it than just uh, game playing. I, be- I I know that there. Well, I believe that there there is. And yet, and yet, did you see uh, what was the movie about the concentration camp? A beautiful. It's a, be- a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Where it's Carlos. He, I forgot his last name, but he uh-huh. and his son were in a concentration camp, and he refused to be there. I mean, he was physically there, but he made it a joyous moment for his son in a concentration camp. His son never knew, to my understanding, that was my experience of the movie, that he that anything was awry, and yet they were in a concentration camp under most deplorable circumstances because he chose not to let it get a hold of him, not to take let it rule his life. Right. Well, Corey Ten Boom said the same thing about her experience in the concentration camp where she lost um, 
all of her family, really, but that the the experience of God was so powerful in the midst of all this suffering mm-hmm. um, that she was able to teach people and to love people and to to help them. Yeah, yeah. So it can take on you know evil gives us a um, a canvas for doing many you know experiencing many different things, or and getting caught up in it and believe and buying into it and letting mm-hmm. it control us. Yeah. To, to to get back to your experience, do you have memories of what heaven looked like, sounded mm-hmm. like? Was there music? Was there yeah. Uh, yeah. light? Yeah. Was there well, uh, fi- fields and some of the other descriptions that you've probably read about? Well, my my what I'm understanding of that is we I think we all pretty much have the same experience, and when we come back, we have to filter through our previous experiences on Earth as a human and our imagination, anything we've read or can possibly imagine, to, de- to describe something that absolutely is indescribable. So you will get, for each person that has this experience, a totally different description of heaven. A pretty, But the basics are the same. I don't know that maybe there are fields and maybe... I didn't experience that. It's for me. It's more a light, and in the light is information and codes and love and vibration and frequencies and everything you can imagine. It's a. Um, it is sound, absolutely, but not like we know it. It's. It's. It is like we know it, and then it's even much more. And the sound, the notes, take on lives of their own. Each note, and each note has meanings, and uh, it just goes on and on. There's color. We exist there. There's other entities there. There's other spirits and souls. And, and, and yet, I think in order for our finite minds to be able to construct it, we put gates up or we put buildings up or we make it into fields. And, it, and maybe, maybe that is the experience of the person that is doing that at that time. I don't know. For me, though... I came back and I remember distinctly saying, it's not like we thought. <laughs> it's just not like we thought. <laughs> but yet it, it is, you know, and, and then I had to try to put it into it. It took me three years to put, uh, my book is not very big, and it's not very, it's, I think, 67 pages or 93, something like that. It's not very long. It took me years to just try to put verbiage to that that's indescribable. Mm. Many people have the reaction of, because it's so indescribable, they, they'll they spend hundreds of pages trying to describe it. So if you've honed it down, that I think is probably a gift to the reader. Uh, to go back to Jesus for a minute, um, yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did you know that it was Jesus, and what did he tell you? How did I know it was? Oh, my gosh. I recognized him instantly. Mm. And I'm not sure about this. I'm working on this part. I, I believe I was around when he was around and it was a reunion for us to be together again. So I recognized him instantly. What did he tell me? You don't talk in words. It's more of impressions. Mm-hmm. And he, it's almost, it's almost like he downloaded, I, I hate to use that word, but I don't know how else to say it. He, there was information that he shared with me that when I came back and they started, they, my Sunday school teacher started talking about Christ said this or that. 
I would just shoot up and say, no, he didn't mean it that way. And I would be so <laughs> upset that I had to calm down because I remember what he meant from meeting him. So does this make any sense to you? Mm-hmm. He, it does. So, I mean, you can, you can give me a parable. You can, you can, at this point in time, tell me something that you feel, you know, that he said, quote the Bible. And what I'll do is be able to, I'll be quiet, and then I'll remember, and then it'll come to me what I feel and it's just very personal what I feel he really meant by that or what his intent was and what he really, what was going on. So that's my answer for that. But I did get a lot of <laughs> answers from him and he was beautiful. Oh my gosh. He's just so amazing. Wow. Isn't that just incredible? Beautiful experience by Carol. You know, one of the things that stood out to me in this uh, program is and in her experience is when she talks about how she was filled with all this information filled with all this knowledge we've talked about that before but she's able to make a mental note that she is able to take home with her when she returns and it's simply this anything is possible and whatever that means however that translates into mortal ears or minds, I don't understand, I don't know, I don't get it, but I love it. There's something so cool about that, something so cool about it. And then she goes on and she talks about everything from, you know, music to the uh, learning to the light to, you know, all these different things and and her experience with trying to share it, share her experience how challenging that was and how frustrating it was. She wanted to just, you know, she wanted to be a nun because she thought that a nun would be able to be spiritual all the time and talk about God and and Jesus and and all this, but come to find out that, that the religious leaders around her did not accept that at all. I suspect nowadays that's less likely to happen. Now, I don't, that's not to say it doesn't happen. I think it does. I mean, we hear that. I hear that from uh, many of you on, on some of the Facebook pages and groups that I follow and, and converse about near-death experiences. Many of you are completely rejected for your experiences, which is tragic in my mind. What people could learn if they would just listen. But uh, I'm hoping that that is starting to get better. I think since the 1970s, um, people have become more familiar with the idea of a near-death experience, seeing a light at the end of a tunnel, feeling love, seeing loved ones. And uh, as we go further into this and as we get the word out about these experiences, we can start to actually learn from them, not just, well, we got to prove this is true. We got to prove this is true. We got to, you know, or, or that can't be right. That just can't be right. You know, we're going from this can't be right. That's just, you know, or of the devil or whatever to, to the point where we're like, well, but it was an actual death. I mean, was she declared dead? Well, no. So maybe it was just a nice dream or whatever. I hope we're getting past that point, too. I don't think we're fully there as society as a whole yet. But I hope we're past the point where it makes a huge difference whether or not they are clinically dead or whatever. 
Um, and it's true, we'll always have fakers out there, but I honestly, I think we can detect that for the most part. If we could listen more, if we could hear what people are saying, if we would, would allow ourselves to be educated by people who have seen the other side, I think we will grow a lot more, a lot faster. I mean, just look at what Carol talked about, the purpose of evil, how it's the contrast that helps us to see what truly good is, and and about the contrast of, of being able to recognize love because we know fear, and being able to overcome fear with love. I mean, if if she had been allowed to speak and and tell her experience back then maybe we would be further along as a society simply because of her sharing her experience her given being given the opportunity to share her experience but she was not given that experience or that opportunity um, to share and gratefully that's starting to happen now and i'm hoping this podcast will become that in fact in fact i have a new thing that I'd like to try. It's going to be an experiment because I don't know how it's going to go. Um, but I, I'm really hoping it works well. There are many of you that I've, I've uh, uh, communicated with on the internet who um, have experiences and who need a place to share them. And you've, you've typed it up online and you know, it, it's burdensome typing several paragraphs. It's, we all remember from school, that's hard. Now, for those of us that have written books and so forth, we know what it's like to write an entire book. And yes, it's a huge endeavor. But sometimes we forget when we get into that how burdensome and time-consuming it is to write something as little as a few paragraphs. And I think that's one of the reasons we only have as many experiences written on enderf.org, near-death.org, on the IONS website and so forth, is because it's so burdensome and it takes an hour just to type up a few paragraphs for most people. That's a lot to ask of someone, especially someone who has a life to live. So I've come up with another way, and it is not as clean and dynamic as some of those websites that where you can just simply put it up. But I want to share your experiences. And, and while I would love to do interviews, and contact me if you would like to be interviewed on this podcast, because I would like to do so, um, interview you, that is. And we'll figure out the technology to make that work. I've, I've got it here, but I, you know, I know with technical difficulties that can be a challenge. But I've got something that is a simple solution for the time being. What I've done is I have come up with a, um, a voice message line that I would like to put out there for you guys to call and share your experience. Now, when you dial this number, it will not be a person that answers. First, you'll get someone that says, you know, welcome to Google Voice, something or another. Please state your name before we continue. If you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. Just say anonymous. Or something and it'll and it'll let you continue but uh, but then share your experience in as many and as, or as little words as you want if you want to take 30 seconds to share that's great if you want to take an hour to share that's great now I should warn you 
as far as the hour is concerned or two hours or whatever, that I don't know if voice, Google Voice, which is the system I'm using for this, has a limit on how long your message can be. I hope not. I really hope not. If it hangs up on you, call back and continue your message. I can splice it together. <laughs> okay. And if there's things you want edited out or something, just say it along the way because I'm going to listen to the whole experience before posting it. If you swear on it, just so you know, I will edit that out. I try to keep this a family show <laughs> and I want my kids to be able to listen to it and uh, other people want their kids to be able to so try to avoid swearing if you can <laughs> you know anyway so let me give you the number if you call this number again you'll be given the opportunity to say your name you can either say your name or or say anonymous and I would like to share it on the podcast I'll give a little introduction and I'll share the message and then I will comment on it just like I have with other experiences. The quality will be telephone quality, but all we need to be able to do is hear your words, understand your words, and be able to, I can clip it onto the podcast, put it on the podcast. Eventually, I'd love to get it to the point where I can just have you um, uh, call this number and it just puts it on the website just as these you know, have a whole list, almost like enderf.org or .com, whatever, uh, has it where you can just put your experience up, but be able to speak it. Because you can speak in 10 minutes what takes you an hour to type up, or more sometimes, depending on your typing skills. So if you just get on and share as much or as little as you feel comfortable sharing, and I would love to put it on the podcast. So, here is the phone number. It is 970-633-2278. That's 970-633-2278. And because I wanted it to be easy to remember for people, that number can also be uh, said as 970-NDE-CAST. Okay, 970-NDE-CAST. Call that number. That's why it's a 970 number. I think it's Colorado or something, because that's the only one that had NDE-CAST as the available phone number. And so I grabbed it. But uh, I suspect that most of you will be calling long distance wherever you're calling from. So uh, um, that may be an issue for you if you are calling from a landline, long distance, whatever. But maybe you need to call from a cell phone. Just make sure you've got good bars so that you won't be cutting out all the time because you won't be able to tell um, how much it cuts out. Uh, I'll do the best I can with editing and so forth. Um, try not to swear, please. <laughs> and um, if you can be in a quiet room, that will help as well. But uh, don't don't stress out about this. I, I try to keep this podcast as casual as possible. I don't spend a lot of time editing myself, as you can probably tell with coughs and and things that I have, I'll I'll stop myself if I totally tumble over my words really badly. I'll I'll stop and go back a bit and then continue. But I don't listen to the whole thing after, and I try to keep it casual enough that people are going to feel comfortable being interviewed. Because you know, let's face it, we're human beings. We're mortal. We're broken. I've I've got a you know my voice is out right now, and I'm still sharing because it's that important to me that we get this information out there and that we share. Share your experience. Call 970-NDE-CAST, C-A-S-T, and uh, just share your experience. 
You don't have to tumble over your words if you just want to say, so this is my experience. Boom, when I was whatever, and go on. You don't have to give a lot of background if you don't want to. You can if you want to. Um, a lot of people like to share the details of their injuries and so forth. If you feel so inclined, like you feel like you have to give that as a backdrop in order for it to really make sense, go for it. I don't put much stock into how dead you were. If you had an experience, I want to hear it. If you feel like, I mean, if you did have, you know, clinically dead, you were in the morgue, I'd love to hear that just because, you know, you just say it. I was pronounced clinically dead, and this is what I remember of it, whether you want to give any details of the of your dying or not. I want to hear as much as possible about the other side, about your experience, about light, about your mental uh, state, about, and don't be afraid to cry, okay, because uh, people cry when they talk about these things because these experiences are very special to them. Do not fear crying. We love crying. <laughs> I do it myself sometimes. And it's a beautiful thing. It's just a, 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 a thing that, honestly, it helps us feel what you're saying because we get it, uh, that, you're, that this is really moving to you. And it will be moving to us if you allow that to be. Don't be like, oh my gosh, i got to start over with this because I cried or whatever. I, we love cries. We love tears. Uh, and uh, so call, share your experience with us. And I'm hoping that I'll remember to, um, to uh, give that phone number out every day. Still working on getting the new website up. But uh, in the meantime, use that phone number. And, uh, and share your experience with us. And I will try to remember to check the uh, voice messages coming in every day so I can have that in the lineup. If it's long enough, it may be the full um, episode. If it's, if it's really short, it may be just part of one, whatever. Just don't stress out about it. Just call up and, and, and talk to us, share your experience. Or if you have questions, if you have questions about anything related to near-death experiences, Give us a call, and we'll do our best to answer them. Or at least, if we can't, if I can't answer it, if I have no idea, haven't come across anything, I may just put it out there and say, "Hey, any of you got an answer for this? Because I don't know." And I am totally comfortable with I don't know. So anyway, thank you so much, all of you, every day, for listening. <laughs>